Welcome to the Kenosha City Church Podcast. In this message, Pastor Andy talks about what it takes to be a New Testament church. Enjoy the message. God shows no partiality, and that whoever places their faith in Jesus Christ alone will be saved, no matter their tribe, their language they speak, their economic status, if they're male or female. Most of the world is not like us. We have to remember that. Most of the world is not like us. They don't think like us. But yet, everybody in the world has the opportunity to be a son and daughter of the king if they place their faith in Christ. And that's why it's so important the message of Jesus goes out both locally and internationally. The entire book of Acts, the whole message of Acts, is to reach a world for Christ. In fact, we are told in Acts 1.8, it says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the mission Jesus has given us. We are to be witnesses to people in our lives, whether they're our neighbors or whether in our surrounding areas, our nation, our world. And, you know, I've heard uh, some people say, well, you know, we need to really focus on local, or people say we need to focus on, focus on international. And the thing is, is we see from the mission of Jesus is that we are to focus on both. And the gospel is a change agent. When people hear the gospel, the Bible says the gospel is not returned void. When people place their faith in Jesus, the gospel is a change agent. And the gospel changes churches. What I mean by that is if people place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ in a church, a church is going to look different because there's different people coming. And so our church is changing. In fact, I would say this, if a church wasn't changing because of the gospel, I would say the gospel at the very least has been buried. We will all stand in front of Jesus and give account of our lives, whether he comes back in our lifetime or we die and go to be with him. And this is the thing that we have to figure out. Did you follow Jesus? Did you reach people for Jesus? Or did we live a comfortable American, preferential Christian lifestyle? That, that's, that, we will have to give account for that. God has given us the mandate to reach the world. So are we willing to do what God is calling us to are we willing to do what God is calling us to? Are we willing to do it? It's easy to recite platitudes, but are we actually willing to do what it takes to see this world, this community, this the Kenosha, one to Jesus Christ? If we can do things in our sleep, that means we're not doing it by faith. We're doing it within our strength. And God calls us, he always calls us to do things that are way beyond our capacity. So are we willing to do what God is calling us to do? I want us to leave this room having a better understanding of what God is doing around this world and subsequently what he's calling us to do in our lives. And that is to be the feet, the hands and feet of Jesus, to spread the good news of Jesus, that he's given us life, life abundantly, the forgiveness of sins, this abundant life that is to be known in Kenosha and around the world. We serve an amazing God, don't we? And God gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us, bring freedom to those uh, who place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We're in Acts 10, and uh, we are going to really be 30,000 feet above it. When you're in a jet, you see a bunch of land. We're going to be 30,000 feet above it this morning, uh, a, a very large overview. So Acts chapter 10, verse 1, we're going to take a look at a man named Cornelius. Verse 1, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household. Um, so here's a man who places faith 
uh, in the Jewish God. Uh, he has a dream, uh, and this dream says, Your prayers and your alms have ascended to the memorial before God. Verse 5, And now send men to Joppa to bring one Simon, who's called Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who had spoke to him departed, he called out to his servants to send them to go find Peter. So uh, here's a, a man, Cornelius, who knows of the Jewish God, but does not really have revelation of Jesus yet. Uh, he's a Jewish Gentile, meaning he, was a, uh, he believed in the Jewish faith, but was not Jewish by bloodlines. And so he was often shunned by Jewish people. Verse 11, uh, we see Peter's uh, perspective. Peter was praying. And we see a vision, verse 11. He saw the heavens open up, something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. And in it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him. It says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once in heaven. What God was doing to Peter is he was preparing his heart to show there is no longer a barrier between Jewish people and Gentile people. Throughout the course of the book of Acts, we've seen many Jewish people come to Jesus, but now we are about to turn a corner here where we're going to see Gentile people place their faith and trust in Jesus. And so the Jewish believers need to understand there is no longer a barrier there to where they can now talk with them, commune with them, have relationships with them. So verse 23, we see the next day he rose, uh, that is Peter, and went with the men of Joppa. The men of Joppa approached him. Uh, and on the following day, they entered Caesarea, and Cornelius was expecting them. I absolutely love this. As when Cornelius heard from the Lord, he was expectant that God was going to move. That is exactly what our attitude needs to be when we hear from God. We need to have an attitude where we're expectant that God is going to move. When God tells us that we have a mission in front of us to go make disciples locally and internationally, we need to be expectant that God is going to give us opportunity every single day of our life. And so verse 25, when P Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell down and, at his feet and worshiped him. And Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I'm a man too. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. This expectation, by the way, is, is contagious. If you're expectant what God is going to do, people will want to be around you. If you have a chip on your shoulder and aren't expectant what God is going to do, you're going to be a repellent. And so uh, we see that Cornelius was, uh, uh, people were, were, being attracted to his expectation. And so a whole room is filled up. Verse 28, and he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation, but God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. As we progress through the narrative here, Peter gives the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we see a number of people place their faith in him. But this is really key. Verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him does what is right and acceptable to him. Peter realizes that God, the message of Jesus, is to be heard by every nation. God does not look at appearance, nationality, wealth, social status, how long you have or have not attended a church, your achievements, who you are, your last name, whatever. He shows no partiality that whoever places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone will be saved. 
So verse 42 we see, and he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins though through his name. And so we see people uh, place their faith in, uh, in Jesus. Uh, we, we know that because the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit fell on those individuals. We all received the Holy Spirit when he placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And then we begin to see evidences. We begin to see people already uh, rejoicing in Jesus. In fact, we see that they began to utter out in tongues. We begin to see different things, uh, manifestations of God through Gentiles, whom the Jewish people thought was incapable of happening to people outside their people group. God is a God who shows no partiality, no matter who you are. So my question is, are we willing to do what God is calling us to do in light of the mission that he has announced? And so I want to ask one question this morning. Why is it that we go to church to begin with? Why is it that we go to this New Testament thing called the church? Now, we are in the 10th chapter of Acts, and it's very apparent the church that God instituted in the book of Acts, something sorely has gone wrong. Something is sorely missing in many of our church experiences this morning. So I want to ask the question individually, why do we go to church to begin with? And if I were to field those questions this morning, I'm sure we would hear, hear a, a variety of different reasons why we go to church. Some may be that to see their friends. Others would say to feed on God's word. Others would say, I want to meet and have that feeling of the Lord. And those things aren't bad, but that's just half of the equation. We go to church to ultimately be like Jesus and do what Jesus did to see the church transcend beyond these four walls. So the question is, are we doing it? I've spoken to many churches in this country and internationally, and I think what sets churches apart that, that are growing apart from those that are not are those willing to share their faith and get uncomfortable. If we are not actively sharing our faith or inviting other people to church, if seeing a new generation of people following Christ is not our priority or part of the equation, if leaving a legacy is not the fuel for you going to church, then our vision is clouded. And I've been clouded before. I'm sure we've all been clouded before. Why we go to church or what experience we are looking for. And when our vision is, listen, if our vision is clouded this morning, we need to get on our knees and we need to repent and say, God, we've made church something that we don't see in the book of Acts. God, we have made church something that's beyond the mission that you've given us. We need to ask forgiveness. That church isn't about our own desires, a club, but his mission. And his mission needs to go into the entire world. And we saw that Peter, he listened to God, he expectant, and a whole household came to Christ. And I love it. We see that they began to take the next step. Uh, they, they began to, to live in the Holy Spirit, and we begin to see churches plant in the world that we have never seen planted before. But listen, when God gets you out of the comfort zone, be prepared to sit at the table and have a spiritual feast. Are we willing to do what God is calling us to do? And so we're going to pray to God right now. And we're going to ask Him to renew our hearts. And number one, the local church is the hope of the world. It's not time, it's less of us and more of you, Jesus. And we need the Holy Spirit. So Father, we need your spirit to control our lives, to control our minds, to control our um, every thought patterns. 
God, I pray that we be people of mission, people that know that through you, that you can accomplish U.S. ministry, God. It doesn't matter what age we are. God, you want us to reach that next generation by prayer and by being active in some way, in some form. Maybe it's a small group. Maybe it's one-on-one conversation. Maybe it's just prayer from afar. But God, we need you. May we never go through the motions of ministry. So God, we pray expectantly and knowing that what we do and how we do church matters. So God, I pray that we can stand before you with a clear conscience knowing that we are going to do the ministry you've called us to do. God, I pray that we would do anything it takes to do what you're calling us to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to know more about Kenosha City Church, then check us out online at kenosha.church or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Kenosha City Church. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow us so that you never have to miss an episode. At Kenosha City Church, we are not perfect people, but real people being made new through Jesus.